I do thank God for your faithfulness. Somebody say amen. I told my leadership and some of my, my ministers and elders, well, Randy, God bless you. Somebody say God bless you, Randy. I told some of my leadership and my elders, expect a smaller crowd this coming Sunday. Because it's a holiday, everybody got something better to do than go see Jesus. Somebody say, uh-uh. Somebody say, oh no. But I believe God, why are you guys bringing all this stuff out here? I don't know what they're doing. We're going to mind, we're going to ignore them, okay? Are you guys excited about him? You guys excited about Jesus? I don't know about you, but when I think about God, I really, I get excited about just his, I was, you know, I was texting Mike last night, my, my new best friend, Mike. Somebody give it up for Michael Paz. Mike has been such a personal blessing to me. And you know what's really cool is that for the past eight years that we've been in this awesome place, <clears throat> um, that the, the switches for the electrical all in the, in the sanctuary have been in the kids' room. So after every praise and worship, somebody runs out of the sanctuary, flips the wrong switch in the back, and turns off the projector, turns off the lights, and Jose is like, I'm like, I'm like, what are you doing? But for the grace of God, minister, Mike has a gift. And it's called electrical. And Mike rewired it, and he put it all in the sound booth. Mandy, can you turn off some of these lights just for fun? Because we can do it right here. Now, look at this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The simple things. In, could you imagine every morning having to go to your living room to turn on the bathroom light? Wouldn't that just be horrible? God bless you, Wendy. I don't put people on the spot, but I'm, today I'm feeling lucky. I, um, I was overwhelmed last night. I heard, I heard this, this song, and um, I heard this amazing song by Clint Brown called, If Not For Grace. Mm. The song just really spoke to my heart. When I think about grace, grace in and of itself, I might have been preaching on grace today, but I got to talk to you about grace. Grace to me has got me this far. Grace is when I don't even deserve it, it's still there. Grace is when I go off to left field, he's still waiting for me at home plate. Somebody ought to give God thanks just for grace. Somebody say grace. Grace covers you when you run from God. Grace is like the bungee that keeps you from hitting the water or the ground. You know what I'm talking about? Grace is like the parachute when you hop out of the airplane. Grace keeps you when you don't even expect it. And you say, I'm done with God, I'm done with church, I'm done with life, I'm done with everything. What well, drew you back? Grace draw you back. Grace draws you back every single time. Somebody say grace. Grace, in case you did not know, it put my pains and made it joy. That's just me. I, don't, I can't speak for you. But I can guarantee you, if you were just to think about it for a second... And if you were to think where you should be in life versus where you are at in life, you would realize the only thing that got you to this point. See, some of y'all should be dead. Some of y'all used to have a crazy lifestyle. Some of you might should be in jail. Maybe should be sicker than you actually are. But if not for grace. 
I'm not preaching on grace, but last night I was sitting like a south man emotional last night in my, in, in the, it was like 12, what, 1230 at night, Mike? I'm sitting on my back porch <clears throat> thinking about the grace of God. If not for grace, somebody say amen. Grace just does like all these things that grace sees the worth in you when you can't find value in yourself. I forgot it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Grace finds the value in you when you don't see nothing in yourself. I was talking to Mike last night, and, and Mike said, um, I said, you know, God's going to use you, Mike. And Mike said to me, he said, well, I need God really bad right now. You know, he don't even need me, basically what you said, correct? And I said this, and I thought about it, and it was kind of, um, it was kind of actually profound when you think about it, that God wants you more than you need him. God wants you more than you need him. And you know you need him. So if you put how bad, how many just, if, think about your life right now, how bad do you need God? Raise your hand if you got a situation. You need God bad. And through all that, he wants you more than you need him. If not for grace, YouTube it by Clint Brown. I'm not going to sing it for you. I was going to. I was going to. I was like, I might do a solo. And I was like, you know what? I don't want groupies or nothing in the building. You know how that goes. I'm not here because I'm perfect, even though my tie is awesome. I'm not here because I'm just the coolest pastor in the city. I'm here simply because grace. That's it. Got me, Will? Just because of grace. Somebody say, his grace kept me. I want to talk to you today about a topic that many of you might not know is a problem in your life. I love finding problems that I never knew I had. And then you're like, well, that's a problem. It's not cool when you know you have a problem and the problem grows. But when you find a problem... And you're like, wow, I can fix that and make it better and it wasn't that big of a deal. That's the kind of sermon we're going to have today. Is that all right? I'm a, is your tie almost like mine? Except that mine doesn't have the snag. Mine's a sticker. Oh, yeah, mine's a snag. Sorry. Well, could you, like, edit that? My, um, <laughs> once a week I have to. I have to. I want to talk to you today, tell your neighbor, the broken cross. If it was not for the cross of Jesus Christ in your life, is that your cross? Could you go pick up your cross? I don't know why you're leaving your cross just lying around the whole darn place. Now just, just pick it up and bring it down here. It's your cross. Stop messing with it up there. Somebody say amen. And you wonder who leaves a mess in the sanctuary. It's, it's Elder Daniel. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You can have a seat. It's not light, is it? It's heavy, right? You don't know how to carry it. That's why. Uh -huh. That makes sense? Your Christianity is heavy when you don't know how to walk with it. When you don't know how to use it right, when you don't, I'm just saying, I even put rope on there to make it look cute. 
Jim was working on that thing all yesterday. I'm just saying. My yoke, the word yoke in Greek as it was written is the word zugos. A yoke means not to just bind things together, but a submission of authority. To submit yourself to God. When he says my yoke is easy, he's saying I need you to submit to me. And when you submit to me, it's going to be easier for you than me wrestling against your will versus my will. My will versus your will. Why are you looking as if that thing is heavy? Is it heavy? What are you going to do? You have an idea? All right, I'm going to keep preaching. Go run your idea. The Bible says, somebody say amen, that the word yoke means a bond to your master. The word yoke means to be bonded to Jesus, to have a sense of communion, and to be able to bring together to him what is rightfully his with your life. Somebody say amen. His yoke or his burden speaks of his cross. Uh, the actual word yoke is actually so that one oxen will not walk in front of another oxen, so that the ox will walk together, and so there will be a balance in their life. Are you following me? What are you doing? You're making your idea work? What are you doing? You're going to make, wait a minute. What, what, you're in the sanctuary. Are, are you actually cutting wood? I can't, somebody said, I can't believe you just did that. He's cutting the cross. Like this is not sketch. This is not, this is just him doing what he wants. I can't. What's that? Your sin? Oh. You really just made it smaller? Is it lighter now? It's a little, even like that. You have to understand something about the cross of Jesus Christ. What we did this Thursday, we had a specialist come in for our sound system. Now I can walk around anywhere without feedback. So, Yvette, I'm just saying, with the cross of Jesus Christ, you have to understand that if his yoke is easy, his burden is light, he's trying to bring, somebody say balance, into your life. Luke 9, 23 and 26. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the world and yet lose or forfeit his very soul. If anyone is ashamed of me, in my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of his angels. Are you carrying your cross? Ask your neighbor. I think you're carrying your cross. So many of us carry our cross daily. Uh, the cross of Jesus is made to help you get through some things. But you put your cross up. And what you have to understand about the cross of Jesus, every time, uh, you know, I was talking to my uncle, or excuse me, Minister Jose, just the other day, and he began to talk to me about how the cross is basically turned into a symbol of, a, of, 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 of just a fad. 
People wear crosses on all their shirts. They're not religious. They wear crosses on their chains. And all the ghetto kids in the neighborhood want to have a Jesus piece. But it don't mean nothing because now the image of Christ is turned into nothing. When in actuality, the cross should get you through some oceans and some fires in your life. Somebody say amen. You've got to understand that this very thing called the cross should help you cross over some things. So when you're going through a financial mess, you depend and you stand on the cross and you use that cross to walk across the very thing which is troubling you. Y'all not following me today. And you use the cross to get away from the flames or the red ocean as it looks of life. And you get used the cross to simply fight away the enemy. You hide behind the cross. You use the cross to defend yourself. You use the cross to get over, get through some things. Pick up the cross. You're an awesome elder. Somebody say, my cross. You got to understand how important your cross is. You have to understand how important. What's the matter? Well, last time you cut the cross, right? Well, let me read you a scripture. I found this scripture about this, right? Come here. What? You're not going to cut it again. You made a mess. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. Having canceled the written code, meaning the law, with its regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us, he, speaking of Jesus, J.C. as I call him, took it away, nailing it to the cross. What you put in your pocket? So, ooh. Sometimes you have to understand that you don't have to worry about the things you worry about. You follow me, Elsie? Suppose you worry about your finances. Worry in itself is not a sin, but it's an investment against God. So when you worry about things, the Bible says he nailed it to the cross. But when you decide to modify your cross, since we're proud people, we don't want nobody else to worry about it or to see what we were going through, we hang on to our sins and our hurts. You following me? When this Christian walk gets too heavy, instead of coming to church two times a week or three times, we come one time or once a month. Because it gets too heavy on us. Look around you. When a holiday comes, we forget that it's really only an hour and a half to give to God. It's not like you're going to be in church all day. People are funny. You have to understand that when we modify, see, here's this thing. That I'm going to give you a revelation today. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Anybody taking notes? Who's taking notes? Raise your hand. Write this down. Write this down. God is smarter than me. The moment you realize God is smarter than you, you will stop trying to modify the plan that God has for your life. You will stop trying to read the Bible in a different light. You will stop trying to justify the very things. What's your problem? You can't just lay your cross down. I just read a scripture that said to carry it. A little bit. Anybody ever felt like this? Sometimes this Christian walk is too much. 
That's a different song. Huh? I can't hear you. I don't even understand what you said. How is it less messier if it cuts the same amount of wood and does the same thing? What are you doing? You don't want nobody to see what you're going through as you leave your cross lying around the church? So because he can't carry the cross, because God requires too much of you, or because God requires too much of your life, you modify your cross so that, is it better? Somebody said, I don't know. So it says here that he made a spectacle in verse 15 of Colossians 2, a sin. God made a spectacle of sin when he died on that cross for you. I'm not going to scream and holler at you today because my voice is hurting this week. I was all hyper last week, but I'm going to be very mellow today. Understand that as you, you all right, carry your cross up the altar, and as you go through the things in your life, that the more you modify it, the lighter, yes, your Christian walk will be. But now suppose, Daniel, you're married. Suppose you go through some marital issues. What are you going to do? You're going to lay the cross down, and you're going to go over it, right? You're going to go back to God. That's not how it always is. We go back to God when we have a problem, right? We go to God when we have an issue. And as we go to God, we just sit there and we just say, you know, God has always taken care of me. I have my modified, super cool, ever new, don't, don't fall because I got insurance for you. Ever, ever cool cross and, and um, now, that you're, now that you're over it. Now he's done and he says, you know what, God got me through something. Anybody ever said God got me through something? Even after you were unfaithful to him and you would said, oh, if it was not for grace, I thank God. And then we go and we leave church and then we go about and it's just too much for us to be a real Christian sometimes. It's too much for you to not drink. It's too much for you to not be a hypocrite. It's too much for you to not go through all the things of life, have all the bad thoughts in your head. It's too much for you. It's summertime. God knows we got to have fun. Oh, I don't need to go to church on Monday, Tuesday, or Friday. I don't need to go any day. Why go to church? I'll just go on Sunday and I'll go late and miss praise and worship. Who cares? Why? It doesn't mean nothing, but every time God gets you through something, hallelujah, I love God so much. God is so awesome. When we come here and you give your long testimonies, and then two weeks later, the same people ain't even here. If not for grace. What's the matter? Why are you leaning like that? Cut it. Cut it to the point where you think it will not be heavy for you. I don't understand this man. I actually cut it a lot more than I would have. Romans 1.16, in the midst of him hacksawing his cross. Somebody getting convicted right now, I might have done that this week. Let go of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of my cross. I'm not ashamed for the God of salvation and everyone who believes. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. Somebody say it. 
but I modify my life, but I am not ashamed. I hardly tell all the people in my life I'm a Christian, but I am not ashamed. They know I go to church, but they might not know I actually work with the kids or I do this because I am not ashamed, but I am kind of not, not telling everybody the truth. You get what I'm saying? And we modify our Christian walk. And we get to the point just below, or just rather above, rock bottom. It's called free fall. I'm making this up as I go along. Right. And what we have to understand is that when your cross is too heavy for you to carry, it's for you to understand the burden of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you feel like if this Christian walk is just too hard for you to live consistently, what God is trying to tell you, you're listening right now? What God is trying to tell you, you're cleaning that up. Just thought about it. No, that's not what God's trying to tell you. I'm just talking to him. What God is trying to tell you is that this is what he did for you. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, matter of fact, as Jesus walked up Gethsemane, he carried his cross to the point where he couldn't carry it no more, and a man named Simon carried it for him. You have to understand that as long as you stay faithful to God, you live a Christian lifestyle, you don't have to worry about the burden of the cross because the yoke is easy and Jesus will help you carry that cross the rest of the way when you can't even make it. When you think like all hope is lost and you got to just give up, give in, I'm telling you that God can help you through some things. God has brought me from the worst times of my life into the best times and then back out from the best times to the worst times. And if it was not for the cross, I would not have made it to this point in my life. But I thank God for the cross. And I thank him daily in the midst of sometimes where I hate my life. I say, you know what, God, but I thank you for what you've done. Let me not be so ungrateful. That feel a lot better for you? So now Daniel's at a point in his life where he has a modified Christian lifestyle. Somebody say modified. Modified Christian lifestyle. And then some way, somehow, he's like a partial Christian. He's like not even a part-time. He's one of those part-time employees who, call, who always call in late. You know, I used to hate that. They begged you for hours. I was a manager, and I was a, they would beg me for hours. You don't understand. I got to feed my baby. And they're cutting my steak because my brother makes too much money. And da, 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 da. These are the stories I would hear. And then I would go and give them a few extra hours and just get drunk. I don't have a ride. Seven in the morning, I have nobody else coming in because they begged me. I don't have a ride. Or my, I don't have a babysitter. When you ask them, and they, that's how we are with God. God, give me more. I want, I want more of you, God. I need more, God. Oh, help me with my pain and my anger, God. He puts you in a situation where you're getting angry, and then you're like, God, why? <laughs> Is it making sense? I see it clicking in some of you slowly. I know it's hot. It's clicking slowly. So now, Elder Daniel goes through a time where he's completely sick in his life. Oh, look at that. You pulled sickness out as I said sick. You are serious. And now, 
He's going through sickness, but he doesn't have the cross to help him because he modified it. And you're going to go through the sick times in your life. And this is what you have to realize. That now that you go through the sick times, what's the matter? What do you mean? Well, put it on. Why? Oh, it's too small. It won't reach. Anybody ever felt like that? Your life just goes downhill. Your life just goes downhill. I want you. After you've done all the modifications to your Christian walk and you tried doing it your way plus God's way, it's like a hybrid. It's like 50% Holy Spirit, 50% flesh. Extra miles to the gallon in the bar. <laughs> you following me here? And you come to the point where something like this happens to you. I'm not trying to be deep with you. I want you to understand that when you modify your Christian walk with God and you try and add your way to his way, which he don't need your way because he made a perfect way like about 30,000 years before you were ever even born, he don't need you to modify his plan, but you do need God. But God wants you more than you actually need him. And you get to this point, and I challenge you that some of you find yourself like that today, in a place of brokenness, don't know how to get through it. In the place of stress, don't know how to get through it. Wondering why it hasn't been working the whole time. In a place of just turmoil and, and just things in your mind messing with you. All these things in your life getting on your nerves and you don't know why. I would challenge you that you have modified your cross. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians verse 8 and 9, I'm hard pressed on every side. I'm perplexed. I'm almost to the point of being crushed, but I am not destroyed. Even in the midst of you modifying everything in your life, God has kept you. And it says here in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, I'll read it to you. We are hard pressed on every side but not crushed. Perplexed but not in despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. I am struck down but I am not destroyed. How many of you feel struck down this week? Oof. Got to that point where you almost thought you couldn't make it. I want to let you know the only thing that got you through was the cross. The only thing that got you through was believing God. It was not your own intellect. It was not your own ingenuity. It was not your own intelligence. It was nothing more than finally after you going and trying everything your way, at some point I guarantee you said, God, I need your help. Why is this happening to me? And in that instant, God's grace comes to you. You hearing me? I want you to understand something today. We've been talking a lot about just being on fire for God this summer. Not everybody gets the picture of being on fire for God. If you don't believe me, look around. My point is this. When it comes to staying hot for Jesus, as we put it, don't modify God's plan for your life. There's something that will always get you through, and it's called the basics. Read your Bible, pray. The Bible says stay away from every appearance of evil. If it looks like it might get you into sin, leave it the heck alone. If it looks like it might get you in trouble, don't go there. Don't do it. Avoid every appearance of evil in your life. 
Seek God. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, neglect not the gathering of the saints as some of us are in the habit of doing. In today's language, for those of you who don't understand, is go to church even though some of you are in the habit of not going. Don't modify your cross. He took every sin and every trouble and struggle you're going through even right now and he nailed it to that cross so that you can have life and so that you can have peace and that you can live righteousness so that you can find freedom. And the whole world in this nation today is celebrating freedom and they're all drunken and they're all bound up. They don't even know the first thing about freedom. They don't even know how we became a nation or that we came here because God and that was why and that people wanted to serve God in a better and freer and truer way and that people came to this country to get the rid of, of religious tyranny and they don't understand how this country was even for but they're out there drinking Coronas and Heineken and blowing up fireworks oh we thank God for July 4th for what? and we've modified our country we've modified our cross I don't understand this country sometimes I don't understand how we do the things we do, forgetting why we're here in the first place. If it can weigh that heavy on my conscience as to why we're here as a country, and as to why God formed us to be a light of the world. Can I, tell you, can I, t- can I just tell you something? The Bible says that, Je- that, that God said to the Israelites and to the prophet that He would raise up another nation because Israel would not listen. That he would raise up another nation and he would choose to be the apple of his eye. And that he would graft in from all the other countries a nation. And that he would take, and that he would take every Gentile, who, and that's a person who isn't a Jew, he would graft them into the eternal plan of salvation. I would challenge you, that country is the United States of America, where all countries can come just to be one. We are a part of history. We're a part of the plan of salvation when you look at it in a perspective of the grandeur of God and how great he is that he made this place so that all nations can come in freely and decide whether to choose him or not. You have no clue how great God's plan is and was for our country. But we've modified our cross. Are you with me? I know some of us are going to be out having our barbecues later on, setting off fireworks. I know I'll find something to go blow something up. I have a little pyro in me. But I would challenge you as you go about your day and about your week, you would realize that one thing, number one, don't modify your cross. Number two, freedom isn't free. You hearing me? Freedom comes with a price. Salvation comes with a price. Salvation comes with a cost. 
Salvation comes with a, a burden. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. In Greek, what he's really saying is when you submit to my will, we will walk evenly. We will walk together. You will walk in peace. You will walk in liberty. You will be my servant. I will be your master. And I will not walk in front of you or behind you, but at your side. Because I will be yoked with you. This burden will not carry a lot on you. Because I, Jesus Christ, will carry the burden for you. And if I carry the burden for you, you can do anything. We know the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We know it, but we don't believe it. Because when we go through something, we feel so weak. But the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I would challenge you today that you stop modifying your Christian walk. You stop compromising your life with Christ. You stop just sitting there and always having a reason, an excuse as to why you can be the exception to the rule. Tell the person next to you, you ain't no exception. Come on, stand with me. Whatever you do today, please be safe in everything you do. There's drunk drivers going to be all over the city. If you're going to do fireworks, please don't blow your hands off. Even though we do have three registered chaplains here, I'm off on Mondays. Don't call me. Unless it's the death of the family. Somebody say, oh no. I'm believing God. No matter how horrible things might look, and no matter how hard it gets, that I'm not going to have to come to the point to modify my cross. I'm not going to come to the point where I'm going to keep trying to make this easier, that I'm going to keep trying to do this my way, that I'm going to keep trying to... You following me with that? I challenge you to do it God's way. Come on, every head thought of your eye closed. We thank you, God, for a day of worship. We thank you, God, for a time in your presence, God. We ask you, Father, that your presence will be in this house, God. God, we ask you that you will have your way in our lives, God. God, that even as some of us came, God, we answer the call of salvation today, God. We thank you, God. We thank you right now for that, Father God. We ask you to help them, God, to further them, God, to give them wisdom, God. We ask you, Father, to give them hope, God. God, we ask you even in this place right now, God, amongst ourselves, God, all those who couldn't make it or wouldn't make it, God, you would speak to their heart, God. You would continue to burn a fire in us, God. You would continue to light us ablaze for you, God. That you would continue, God, to use us, God, to mold us, God, to change us, God. God, that this church, God, can be a lighthouse in a dark time, God. God, that we can be a place of refuge, God, in a time of need, God. A tower of strength, God, in a moment of weakness, God. Father, that you will have your way in this place, God. That you will have your way in our lives, God. God, that we'll walk your path, God. God, that I won't try and be smarter than you, God, but that I'll follow your plan. Come on, somebody say, I'm following your plan. God, we need more of you. We're desperate for your presence, God. We're desperate for your glory, God. Come on, I want you right now to put your hands together for yourselves. Come on, give God praise. Give God honor and glory for your life this morning. Come on, you can do better than that. Somebody say hallelujah. Come on, grace has kept you. Grace has kept you. Grace has kept you.
I do have one announcement. Uh, we've been working on something for the church, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. We're actually working on our monthly newsletter. Somebody say amen. amen. And uh, each of the ministries have contributed some. If we can pass these out. I think they look really, really super cool. Who printed these? My beloved, awesome, wonderful, magnificent sister, Judith, stayed up till 1.30. You can have a seat. I'm sorry. Stayed up till 1.30 in the morning setting this up. And she said to me, I thought it was going to be like an hour and I would be done. But Judy's a perfectionist, and you'll see when you get one, it came out magnificent. And I wanted just to... um, we're going to get a couple hundred of these printed, a couple thousand probably, be passing them around the neighborhood just so they can know what's going on. And an encouraging word, amen. I believe the topic, this, um, this, this newsletter was staying hot for God. And, and we're thanking God that, um, for all the things he's doing. Even in the midst of the summer, we're still experiencing growth. We thank God. And we, we just want to be a blessing to you. Read it. Encourage yourself. Uh, keep it on your, on your car. Keep it somewhere you know you can have access to it. Um, not for nothing. Uh, I don't want to say this, but I will. The uh, feature article on the front was done by our very own Ruben Burgos, who's in the drum pit. 